Good afternoon, everybody. Tomorrow is Patriot Day, 11 years since the September 11th attacks. How has it changed your life? Well, it's changed mine. I don't trust airlines quite as much as I used to. But on the show today, we're going to be talking about how it has changed your life over the last 11 years. That's up next on The Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon. I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The 9-11 memorial event in New York tomorrow will for the first time include no elected officials as part of the program. But that doesn't mean politics will be absent. For the first time, elected officials will not be allowed to speak at the September 11th anniversary ceremony at the World Trade Center, an occasion that has allowed them a solemn turn in the spotlight over the years. It's a change made in the name of avoiding politics, but wrapped by some as a political move in itself. From the first anniversary of the 9-11 attacks in 2002, the date has been fraught with tension over how to remember an event woven into America's political landscape without politicizing the memory of the dead. Julie Walker, New York. Even 11 years after 9-11, the U.S. is still fighting al-Qaeda, taking out the terrorist groups number two in Yemen today. Yemeni defense officials say an airstrike killed Saudi national Saeed al-Shiri and five others in a car with him. They say the missile is believed to have come from a U.S.-operated drone. The terror network's branch in Yemen is seen as the world's most active, planning and carrying out attacks on targets in and outside U.S. territory. Sagar Megani at the Pentagon. As the Chicago Teachers Union is on strike trying to get their voices heard, President Barack Obama is trying to his, keep his voice out of the subject. The Chicago dispute pits the president's former chief of staff, Mayor Rahm Emanuel, against another close political ally, the Teachers Union. And at the White House, spokesman Jay Carney says Obama's fondest wish is for a quick settlement. We believe that both sides ought to... And, uh, and we hope they do resolve this. Mitt Romney's accusing Chicago teachers of turning their backs on the city's school kids and Obama of having chosen the union side. But Carney disputes that, saying Obama's principal concern is for the students and their families. Mark Smith at the White House. One area the president is not keeping his opinions out of is Mitt Romney's tax plans. The two have been arguing over tax cut math while campaigning across the nation. Over the weekend on NBC's Meet the Press, Mitt Romney said he'd pay for lower tax rates by closing loopholes. High-income taxpayers are going to have fewer deductions and exemptions. But he wouldn't say which. And at a campaign stop in Florida, the president saw that as fuzzy math. It was like... Two plus one equals five. Meantime today, it's Romney who's out campaigning at a rally in Mansfield, Ohio, while Obama takes a two-day break from the trail as he marks tomorrow's 9-11 anniversary. Mark Smith, Washington. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Matt Townsend, your life coach, your relationship coach, doing what we can on this show, this program every day, uh, Monday through Friday, to help you and your loved ones grow healthier, happier lives. Welcome to the program, everybody. So grateful that uh, you're willing to spend your time with us and give us your ear. 
Today we are going to be um, honoring and learning, I hope, from the lessons from 9-11. Now it's obviously 9-10, so we're a day early, but we wanted to We wanted to kind of give you just a chance to start thinking about the wonderful, incredible, I guess good, bad, and ugly lessons from 9-11. And what I kind of believe in strongly is that... uh, the, the, I guess we could bring on experts and have experts talk about the power uh, and the powerful lessons that that appeared on 9-11. But who better to know than you? You all, everybody out there listening, driving your car, driving your truck, wherever you are, you all had some experience on that crazy fateful day 11 or so years ago, right? So if we're sitting here You're the ones we want to hear from. So we're going to be opening up our phone lines to you today. We want to hear from you, your lessons, your ideas. How did 9-11 impact you personally? What lessons did you learn about 9-11, about your family, about what mattered most to you? What stood out as your key learning that day when you found or saw for the first time the towers fall? What went through your heart? What did you feel about your neighbors at that time? What did you feel about America? We want to hear from you. 801-422-0204. That's 801-422-0204. I would love to hear from you. What were your lessons? What were your feelings? I will never forget what happened to me uh, on 9-11. I was... Let's see. I was at LAX Marriott uh, preparing to do a speech. I was about to go teach uh, three full days of workshops on leadership skills to a group of uh, people that had paid big money to come learn leadership skills. I'm up. I remember vividly ironing my pants in my hotel room at the LAX Marriott. And uh, my wife calls me on my phone and says, have you seen what's going on on the news? And I'm like, no. And I turn on the news, and the, the first tower was already smoldering. They had the news report going on. They were trying to talk about how this terrorist plane or some plane had hit the Twin Tower. They don't know what was going on. It was an accident or whatever. And then all of a sudden, that second plane hit. And right then, you remember that feeling? Deep in your heart, deep in your gut, that feeling of, oh, wow. Game on. Here we go. And I remember that day so vividly, just that my, literally, my stomach drops, my throat drops into my gut, and I am just amazed. And got to go downstairs to this workshop and teach about 40 people who didn't want to be there uh, after 9-11 had hit um, for three straight days. They would not cancel the event And everyone was stranded kind of anyway at the airport, and we did training. But it was the most impactful uh, workshop I'd ever been a part of because what really mattered more was what was going on in the room with each other's heart, with each other's brains and their feelings and and just the doubt that was going on in the room. Not to mention the fact that at the LAX Marriott, uh, American Airlines – or no, United Airlines, sorry – had set up – Um, a grief counseling center for all of the family members of those people that were trying to make their way to L.A. So across the hall from us was the grief counseling center for the family members who had family uh, members on the United Airlines flights. (sighs) Do you remember the day? 
Now, you've got your story, and your story is just as important as my story. We want to hear yours, 801-422-0204. What did you learn? What did you learn about you? What did you learn about this country? What did you learn about your family and your priorities? We want to hear from you, 801-422-0204. What was the key? Because to me, it stood out. Family became so important, didn't it? The family, uh, I could, I mean, I'm, here I am now stranded. I was in Los Angeles, no planes going out anymore, miles from my family in Utah and Salt Lake City, and just desperately wanted to get there. Do you remember what you felt? What were your fears that went through your mind? When you finally were back together with your family, what did you feel? And I want to hear from it because to me, one of my fears is that we have experiences like that. And yet, do we learn? And are we retaining these memories? And now we have generation after generation that are not experiencing uh, 9-11, that haven't experienced it like you may have. So I want to hear the lessons. I want to hear how you teach them. Uh, I want to just hear your insight, what you felt, what you felt about your country, what you felt about community, and just and basically, what are you teaching your children today as well? 801-422-0204. Would love to hear your insights and just your, your, your great um, lessons. It really wasn't something that just happened to the people of New York. This was something that happened to all of us. And every one of you have a special story, and we would love to share some of those on the air with uh, the rest of our listeners today and see if we can't, you know, take aside the principles that made that made that such an incredible, um, you know, incubator of learning for all of us. Give us a call again, 801-422-0204. We'll be putting your calls on as we go through uh, this break. We're also going to um, just be giving you a little... Just little stories, little vignettes from some of our producers that we've put together. And uh, one of the first ones, we all remember, right, where we were on 9-11. You know, I was in L.A. We were curious to see as a team here what you recall. So we sent our new producer, our newest producer, Madison, out for a man on the street, or should we say a woman on the street, to see what your memories are and what the impact of 9-11 had on the people we found around town. I was on the school bus to junior high, and my friend got on and was like, a plane crashed into the two Twin Towers and watched the news like all day. When I first found out, I didn't really believe it. I I missed the first plane, and then I saw the second plane live. I hit the tower, and that was a little shocking. You know, I was 11 years old, and we're not innocent anymore. I lived by a big military base, so my grandma came and checked me out of school. So it was really scary. And my mom and dad wouldn't let me watch the uh, TV because I was little. Yeah, I was actually living in D.C. I was at an elementary school there in second grade. And then my dad was working in the city, and I was like, I wonder if he's okay. So came home, and my dad had actually walked out of the city. He had to walk five or six miles out of the city because none of the phones would work. All the subways shut down and everything. Definitely brought the family closer together, and it was really scary. So, I don't know, it gives a whole new perspective on country unity, like the bond and the um, sense of honor you should feel for your country. Since 9-11, getting through the airport has become a lot harder and a lot more annoying. I did get pulled over for a random extensive security check coming back from my honeymoon. It's impacted my uncle by, uh, he's in FBI SWAT as well, and his job changed a lot. And so he actually had to go to across season for a lot of stuff, and he was 
interrogator. It's a different approach to military. We've had a lot of changes. It's not conventional warfare, so a lot of aspects have changed, both in budgeting the military and also how we execute missions. A lot of the airline industry was impacted. Uh, my dad was an insurance salesman. Impacted business all over the place like that. Traveling became much more difficult. It really affected the economy, and all of a sudden people were holding back. At that time, I was still young, and so I still lived in the Philippines, but we were getting ready to move to America. But after that, I guess the papers were, were put on hold. It took us a longer time to get here. I was in Arizona at the time that 9-11 happened, and I was um, a few years later, I moved to Connecticut. And um, it's interesting because there, 9-11 is such a huge part of their lives still. So, um, they just built a new memorial, which is beautiful, like absolutely amazing. So everyone should go see that. It's powerful, isn't it? The, the personal stories that everybody has, the personal impact that 9-11 has had on, on each of us. And I really want the show to be about uh, sharing our stories and sharing really the feelings, the learnings that have, that have come out of 9-11. I think it's one thing to go kind of, you know, re-experience the pain of it all. For me on the show, what I really would love us to do also is to express uh, the lessons learned, the feelings of closeness, uh, the feelings of patriotism that we all felt on that. So I'd love to hear from you. We're, and we're, again, we're doing this on uh, 9-10 just because you're going to be bombarded with it tomorrow. We want to make sure that the lessons maybe come out first here, um, which is why we're doing it today. Give us a call, 801-422-0204. You can see that, too, on your SiriusXM screen in your car or uh, wherever you're you're listening to SiriusXM. Again, the number, 801-422-0204. What were your lessons? How was your heart impacted? What do you teach your children today? If somebody asked you, Mom, Dad, tell me about 9-11, what would your lesson be? What would your, uh, you know, what would be the great takeaway that you'd be sharing with everybody? So appreciate you listening to us. We will be back with more stories from 9-11, lessons learned. We want to hear from you. Again, 801-422-0204. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. Earth's sustainability base here. Where space technology is being used to make office buildings comfortable and super efficient. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. In July 1969, Neil Armstrong took one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind on the moon. Over 40 years later, NASA has taken the next giant leap by bringing space technology to Earth in the form of an office building. At NASA Ames Research Center in California, sustainability base will consume 90% less drinkable water than a comparably sized conventional office building. A water recycling system redesigned from the International Space Station allows water from sinks and showers to be reused to flush toilets. An intelligent adaptive control system will constantly monitor and operate the lighting, the windows, and indeed the entire space-age office building. Solar panels, a small wind turbine, and a fuel cell will generate even more energy than the building will use, and geothermal wells around the building will provide heating and cooling. Like a lunar outpost, Sustainability Base is designed to fit its unique environment and to be self-sufficient. Sustainability Base, one small step for architectural design, one giant leap toward the future of office buildings. 
Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Do you want to hear all your favorite BYU radio shows while you're on the go? Now you can. BYU Radio's free iPhone app places all the BYU radio programming at your fingertips through your iPhone or iPod. Enjoy all your favorites at the touch of a button. Download your free iPhone app on the Apple Store now. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're doing a special Lessons Learned from 9-11 show. A day before 9-11, we wanted to to talk about it, you know, and not just bring up the horror stories, which were so abundant then, but mainly, I guess more importantly, figure out what we learned. Now, it's interesting as we go. So many of us remember it vividly, but some of our kids, they weren't there, you know, the, the younger generations don't quite have it etched in memory like some of us older people do. So um, I want to hear from you. And what we've asked and what we're doing is opening up our lines, 801-422-0204. What do you remember most of 9-11? What were the lessons you learned? If somebody sat down with you today and said, Dad or Grandpa, what was 9-11 all about really in your heart? What, what would you be teaching them? What are the, the things that stood out the most from you? There's a lot of statistics I can give you, and I, and I want you to notice as I give you some of them, if it doesn't conjure up some very real emotion for you. Listen to these. The initial numbers are indelible. For example, at 8.46 a.m. and 9.02, those were when the buildings, I believe, uh, collapsed, uh, time the burning towers stood was 56 minutes and the other tower 102 minutes. The time they took to fall was 12 seconds from uh, from there. And um, here's some other great numbers for us, okay? Total number killed in the attacks. The official number was 2,819 as of 9502. Number of firefighters and paramedics killed, 343. Number of New York Police Department officers killed, 23. Number of Port Authority officers killed, 37. Um, number of times it was mentioned at the Oscars, 26. Isn't that interesting? Apartments in Lower Manhattan eligible for asbestos cleanup, 30,000. Number of companies that were lost or the people that worked in World Trade Center companies was 60 people. Number of employees who died in the tower was 1,402. Number of employees who died in Tower 2 was 614. Interesting numbers, huh? And so as you think about them, what are your memories? What are your thoughts? We want to hear from you and take your calls and, and hear the lessons you learned by uh, not just just the day, but the lessons kind of since then. What's What are you hanging on to? Let's go to our phones now and talk to Lane in Sacramento. Lane, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you. How are you, Lane? Doing well, thank you. Good. Now, what, what, uh, where were you, first of all? We've got to kind of get that out of the way. I was just uh, getting ready to go off to work and watching the morning news as usual, and then you see the cut-ins, uh, just seeing those planes uh, crashing those buildings. It was uh, unbelievable at first. You're thinking this is uh, just a potential threat as somebody mm. trying to see 
where our exposure is to being attacked. And yeah, do you remember? It's all live. Yeah. It's all live. And then do you remember when that second plane hit, how it kind of changes the whole game? It yeah, just... it was, uh, you know, you know, the adjectives come up, and the one that was always relevant to me, it was unbelievable. You yeah. just couldn't think this kind of attack that happened upon America, and, and uh, you just rethink everything from, Am I doing the right thing for the right reason? And uh, what did I say to my best friends, my family, my wife? Uh, what are those thoughts that uh, come to mind that you just know that this could be it? Yeah. You start rethinking what you're doing in your life. Did it Did it change you as a dad? I assume you're a dad then, Lane. How many kids do you have, and how, how did it impact you just as a father? Talk, talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, I have four children, two daughters, two sons, and the thing that it just made me think of is uh, uh, it wasn't right away until you start hearing the stories come out of, uh, you know, there's a daycare center there, and they, yeah. these are people dropping off children as they're going into this building that uh, you just don't expect to be attacked in the United States. And, uh, and probably some of the relief, quite frankly, is the fact that it was outside terrorism, wasn't domestic. It right. These were radical jihadists who who hate America, hate everything that we stand for, and uh, they attacked what they thought was a symbol of our world economic might and mm-hmm. going after the World Trade Center. So yeah. this is where they thought they could have the greatest impact, and uh, and guess what? It worked. Yeah. So, and, you know, I fly a lot and going in and out of airports. Boy, that changed. I, I can remember having my wife drive me up to the curbside with you a few minutes before the flight. Yeah, jump out, run off. in. Yep, not anymore. You could carry no. your drink through. Do you remember all those yeah. days? Oh yeah. Now you basically have to disrobe. They yeah. yeah, it's a it's a different age, isn't it? Do you think um do you think we've recovered very well? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, you get outside of New York and it's and it's not as uh what's the word? Um it's not as painful perhaps because Right. <laughs> You look at how we just go on. I mean, what America does best is we pick up and move on. Tomorrow's another day. As painful it is, uh, we don't stop. These are horrible things that have happened to us. But we go, you know what? This is what America is great at. We pick up from destruction and reinvent ourselves and get back at it because we work the best when the times get tough. Times get tough. We don't, you know, we just don't crater we we just get up and get going again yeah so true appreciate lane so appreciate the call and um i really i think you're right on that is one of the great lessons i think of 9 11 is we 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 can fix this you know we can get over this we can move on we're resilient it's interesting as i as i think about it that we you know we probably hadn't had a test like that as a country for years before that, and um, it, it was probably fairly healthy for a lot of us to have to to figure out that there is some resolve. Now, then you add on top of that the economic failures and all of the business problems that have gone on and financial and economic and all of these things. But we're one tough uh, country, and appreciate Lane's call. Um, it's It just is so true. I remember the, the 9-11, it was such an interesting thing because all the planes went down, right? I mean, they would, did not allow more planes uh, to fly. And so it's, uh, I was stranded in LA and needed to figure out a way to get home. And in fact, this might be an interesting thing. If any of you callers out there, give us a call 801-422-0204. But, uh, I was stranded in LA. How do you get back to Salt Lake city, you know, short of 
I guess, a rental car. So we then tried to get a rental car. They were all taken. So we ended up going on Greyhound bus. And it was the most interesting sense of community I've ever seen. Everybody was kind of mourning at night. Basically, all day was spent with people watching TV, watching the shows, if you remember those times. And I got on a, I got on a Greyhound bus three days after 9-11, so maybe even four days after 9-11, and um, took the bus up to Salt Lake from L.A., Literally, we stopped in every town along the way, and the bus would stop, and the guy would yell, smoke them if you got them, and everyone would get off and take a smoke break, and they'd all get back on. But there was this, there was, there was just kind of this um, somber, solemn spirit that was on the bus of just, everybody was in shock. We were just in shock. And I remember as I was getting closer to home, I was so longing to be with my family. So I would talk to them all day, and... Every day, a chance, you know, we'd talk and talk and talk over the phone. I talked to every kid. Some of the children that were older were a little more upset and afraid. But as I got closer and closer and closer, my bus actually passed my exit and had to go. I had to go all the way to the airport, right? Because or the downtown. Then I had to go to the airport and pick up my car and then come all the way back. So that took me about an hour and a half longer than normal. But when I saw my exit, I just got so emotional, thinking, "Oh, I'm home." The importance of home was one of the greatest lessons for me on 9-11. I want to hear from you. What were your most important lessons on 9-11? What mattered the very most to you? 801-422-0204. 801-422-0204. What impacted you the most? When I arrived home and saw my wife and my kids, ah, it felt so good to just be home. I also was uh, affiliated with a group of, of young people, young adults, I guess we'll call them, 20-something-year-olds that were all doing their best to, um, you know, to, to try to figure out, I guess, how to survive through this. And I was there was about th- two to 300 of them. And that night I got home, we had a meeting with all of these young people and, and sat down and literally they would just cry and share their feelings about that, that day. Um, but I, what I remember, again, was community, that we were always saying to each other, you know what, this, we've been hit, America's been hit, but we are together, we are uh, one. We're going to take a call here and go to um, Augusta in Iowa City. Augusta, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you? Welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you so much. It's a privilege to share my thoughts. Yes, I'd love to hear it. Now, you were in India? Uh, yes, I was in India at that time. Okay, great. Tell us about what you were thinking. What 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 were your lessons from this whole thing? Um, what did I learn? Um, the first thing is like I was thinking, you know, why why do we have this hatred? You know, why can't we overcome hatred? Yeah. And, uh, do you and ma- why is this, why is all these things happening in the world? Yeah. And and at that time, you know, I was thinking more about God. That why doesn't He put an end to all this hatred that we are having? Hmm. It's interesting. And, uh, I think I think you're right, Augusta. A lot of people then were like, were wondering the same thing. You know what I mean? And about God and kind of turning their attention to yeah. come on. Why are we doing this to each other? Yes, yes. And it's all mankind, you know. And we all of us are different. All of us different have different thoughts, different opinions. Uh-huh. And somewhere or the other, we have to draw a line, you know. And then we have to live peacefully because yeah. that was not for what God created us. Right. We're here to be peaceful, right? Yes, yes. Well, I mean, and I, I was wondering more about peace at that time, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Like, where did it go? Yes, yes. Uh, why, why, why do we need peace? And, you know, we just need more and more of peace in this world so that we all of us can live peacefully. I love it. And I, I think, honestly, Augusta, I think that's one of the greatest lessons that any of us could have um, from this mm-hmm. whole thing is peace, don't you think? Yes. I yes, mean, and that's probably absolutely. what we should be teaching our children is we all yes. just need to probably be living our values, don't we? A little and our beliefs and and yeah. try to find the peace. Yeah. Live in harmony with one another. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great lesson. And in fact, we're going to leave it at that for now. Yes. Thank you, Augusta, so much. Yeah, thank you so Appreciate much. Appreciate yeah, you. And bye. thank you for Iowa yeah. City representing. Um, really is a great um it is a great lesson. And it's interesting that 9-11, she was in India, Augusta was, when that all went down. And, you know, cultural or not, this is everybody in the world suffered something. And we all have something to learn from that great day as well. So what are the lessons that you learned? We would love to hear from you. Give us a call on our on our line here, 801-422-0204. We're preparing you for tomorrow. We don't want you to just go through tomorrow's memorials of 9-11 and maybe not have some of the more important lessons learned. So we're trying to lay them out. What did you learn? What did your family learn? What did you learn about love and peace and hum and and homes and family and community that's what we're talking about right here on the matt townsend show give us a call 801-422-0204 we'll be back after this break right here on the show uh, on sirius xm 143 byu radio sirius xm 143 byu radio Are there some BYU radio shows that you missed or just want to hear again? As for my favorite part, well, it's kind of strange, but I love one word that Poe says. Skadoosh. Then check out our BYU radio YouTube channel, where you'll be able to listen again to your favorite episodes and keep up to date with other BYU programs and events. Just go to YouTube and search BYU radio. Talk about good. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. The U.S. government is selling off most of its stake in AIG, a move decreasing holdings to less than 20% and will no longer be a majority shareholder. AIG says the Treasury Department is selling $18 billion worth of its common shares to institutional investors and will sell more if the demand is there. It's the latest step to recoup the $182 billion in taxpayer money spent on the largest bailout of the financial crisis of 2008. That bailout sparked public outrage, especially after it was revealed that millions in bonuses would go to employees in the AIG division most responsible for the company's losses. I'm Jackie Quinn. One of the leaders of the group working to finish the replacement towers at the World Trade Center site in New York City is giving a status update for the 9-11 anniversary. One World Trade Center is an office building, not a memorial. But Patrick Foy, executive director of the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, the quasi-governmental body that owns the site, says the skyscraper is a memorial in its own way. 3,000 people uh, were murdered here nearly 11 years ago. They were murdered at uh, their place of business. Uh, And I think this site strikes the appropriate balance between commerce and a fitting tribute. One World Trade is already the tallest structure in the city on its way to a symbolically significant 1,776 feet. It's scheduled to open the year after next. Warren Levinson, New York. 
A freshman congressman from South Carolina has been threatened by a woman with a gun. A 52-year-old Atlanta woman has been charged with pointing a gun at South Carolina Congressman Trey Gowdy. Gowdy told police he was sitting in his pickup truck in a church parking lot waiting for a family member when the woman walked up, pointed a gun at him, and accused him of following her. She also ran after him when he drove off. Police in Spartanburg, South Carolina, say the woman probably did not know that Gowdy is a member of Congress. Jerry Bodlander, Capitol Hill. San Diego's tough financial position has forced city officials to make some unpopular decisions, the latest of which is being criticized as possibly opening the door to an uneven justice system. Financial troubles are forcing San Diego's Superior Court to dump dozens of court reporters, the ones who transcribe what's being said in court. Critics say now there'll be no record of what was said in some civil cases, making it difficult for those who want to appeal or for those who want to complain that their attorney or the judge was incompetent. What about tape recording? State law forbids that. You can bring your own court reporter, though you'd have to pay him yourself. The North County Times, which broke this story, says critics worry that that leaves open the possibility of justice for those who can afford it. I'm Rita Foley. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody. Today we are taking the lessons of 9-11 and uh, trying to teach each other. What were our key learnings? What were... There are uh, our biggest lessons from that epic event so many years ago, the ones that blew our mind. Again, I don't, uh, there's a lot of weird, bad feelings too, and memories that get conjured up. What I really want on the show is what are the lessons that we should be learning? What are the things we should be remembering? And we are opening up our phone lines to you. We'd love to hear from you. 801 422 0204. Think back deep into your heart about the most important lessons you learned on 9 11. We would love you to teach us. Just give us a call. 801 422 0204. Let's go to our phones and talk to Ed in Poughkeepsie, New York. Ed, are you there? Uh, yes, I am, Matt. How are you, my friend? Good, and how are you today? I'm doing excellent. Now, you're in New York, so nobody nobody had more to learn and live than than you New Yorkers did, did you? Well, I'm about 80 miles north of the city. Wow. And uh, as I was telling Sam there, or whoever I was talking to, yeah, uh, I didn't know anything was going was on. going on, because... I was treasurer of the American Legion post that I belonged to, and mm-hmm. I was I was at the American Legion doing the uh, the previous day's receipts. Okay, and crunching uh, the numbers. Beg pardon. You were just crunching your numbers from the Legion. Yes, sir. Good. Mm-hmm. And um, my friend's wife called and said to turn TV on, hmm. and so I went over and turned TV on and. Right away, I was mesmerized. Yeah, I mean, it took me back to December seventh, nineteen forty-one. D- did it? Did it? Did it rock you back that far? Yes, uh, oh. because I'm eighty years old. Wow! And I can remember very vividly uh, when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. Did it feel and the same way, Ed, in your heart? Oh, yes, it did. You were under yes. attack again. Yeah, and. 
it made me feel how vulnerable the United States is to an attack. It could happen anytime. Oh, absolutely. But, what did, uh, now you can, and you were in, you were in the American Legion. I mean, you're you're Mister Patriotic. Well, right. I'm I mean, a, that's I'm a Korean veteran. Uh, so, as a Korean veteran, seeing your city, your backyard, eighty miles away, getting decimated, mm-hmm. what what happens in your heart? You know, after that, what happens to you? What lesson would you say stood out, Ed? Uh. My my mind was completely blank. I yeah. mean, I I couldn't imagine something like this happening in New York City, mm-hmm. and down in Washington, and then that plane that crashed right. in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. I'm thinking, oh, these poor people and the victims and the families they left behind. Yeah. I mean... Uh, Senseless. I, I believe in God firmly. Mm-hmm. I mean... I lost my wife two years ago, and, I mean, every night uh, I'd say a rosary before I go to mm. go to sleep. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I just remember everybody, I, friends and enemies. Yeah. Because uh, I think uh, perhaps the enemies are the ones who need the prayers more than my friends. What a huge lesson, Ed. I mean, really, the, 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 and it kind of goes back to our early, earlier uh, caller, Augusta, about we just need more peace, and maybe one of the ways to the peace is maybe we just need a few more prayers out there. It was a very lonely time, wasn't it? Oh, like I said, I, I was mesmerized. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't do anything. I, do you remember just watching fact, TV? Big, Didn't, I, did I you just glued. Yeah. I was glued to the TV. Were you in, in the end, as you see how it kind of came out of it for the months after that, the weeks after that, I guess the fires burned for 90 plus days after that. But it seemed like out of that, we, we really had a unified country. Did well, you notice that for a while? That, yes. That, this is the way the United States is. I mean, we have a catastrophe in the United States, and the United States becomes united. Mm-hmm. It's not like uh, going back to the Civil War, brother against brother, right. father against son. And uh, this was a period also of, uh, I, I don't know how to explain it, but uh, it, it must have been uh, terrible. Mm-hmm. A terrible experience, but uh, well, and I is, still... Oh. To, uh, we had uh, two people from Poughkeepsie. One of them was a firefighter. Uh, he's from, uh, he lives in Hyde Park, New York, yeah. which is about three miles, four miles north of me. And uh, then uh, the other one uh, worked down on Wall Street, but he just happened to be at Penn Station because uh, he took the path train over from Hoboken. And uh, he just happened to be there at the wrong time. Yeah. I mean, that's how random it was for some of them, huh? Yes. Well, I I belong to a military honor guard, and uh, we have services tomorrow uh, for 9-11 at the 9-11 memorial that we have up here in upstate New York. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be very, 
I don't know, heart-wrenching. Uh-huh. What does it feel like, Ed, for um, a past Korean vet to be in the honor guard and to have the privilege of, of you know, providing that service for a 9-11 commemoration? A Poughkeepsie New Yorker, what, does that do? what, does that, what do you feel in your heart as well, you get anytime, to do that tomorrow? Anytime I do any service, whether it's uh, Memorial Day uh, Veterans Day or 9-11, I mean, uh, people come up and shake my hand, thank me, yeah. and I, all I can tell them is it's a privilege and an honor, and this is the way I feel. I've been in the honor guard for 25, I'm going on 26 years now, Yeah, and uh, it's, there's just something in my heart. I want to retire. You can't Every get it. Here I say this is going to be my last year, <laughs> but there's something within my heart. Yeah. No, but that's that that's love. That's itself. power. I think I, Ed, I honor you. I honor you uh, because as a just as a guy who you know, I've never served in the military, never really had that chance. Um, but I honor you for your service, for your just for your good heart. I, I mean, to me, Ed, you are America. And you are the reason why this works is because um, you've got the right, you've got the right heart and the heart of you know praying for your wife and praying for those people that have attacked us, and also just the right heart of being somebody that's still going to serve. So seriously, you know, from the Matt Townsend show, Ed, we honor you, we celebrate you. You might be very well the perfect example of um, what we should be learning from Lessons from 9-11. That's what we're talking about on the show, folks. Lessons from 9-11. Would love to hear any more ideas, any more memories, I, you know, lessons that you have felt yourself, that you have learned, that you've seen while you've gone through 9-11. Uh, it doesn't, you didn't have to be close. Like, Ed wasn't exactly right in the middle of it all, but his heart, his service with the American Legion as well. Uh, brings the right spirit to it. Let's do uh, a little bit of a story here by one of our producers, Catherine Allen. Now, have you ever had the feeling that time stood still? Well, for good or bad, these moments tend to change our lives. I'm a numbers person, and I particularly like dates that are cool, like November 11th, 2011, or dates that mean something in my life. For example, July 15th, 2010, the day I arrived in Berlin, Germany, or October 9th, 2008, the first time I held a boy's hand. Though these are just a few examples of dates that changed my life, I think we all experience times in our lives when time stands still, and we know that that day will be remembered for the impact it has on our life. Some of these dates are significant for victories or achievement, other days for sorrow or pain. Sometimes these dates are shared with the world. Other times, they are private. Either way, when time stands still, you know your life won't be the same moving forward. Let's take the date December 7, 1941, Pearl Harbor, the attack that spurred on the United States' entrance into World War II, the attack that killed or wounded more than 3,000. President Franklin D. Roosevelt declared that December 7th would live in infamy. I think it has. On this day, time stood still. September 11th, 2001, a date that has become the Pearl Harbor of this generation. 
or more recently, August 29, 2005, the date Hurricane Katrina hit the coast of Louisiana. For millions, homes were destroyed and lives had to be rebuilt. However, time stands still in happy moments as well. Let's take July 20th, 1969. This date marked one small step for man, another giant leap for mankind. I believe the entire world watched in anticipation as Apollo 11 approached the moon and Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin descended onto the moon's surface. Time stood still and the entire world cheered at seeing a true triumph for mankind. Or what about August 20th? 2004, the date Michael Phelps won his first gold medal in Athens for his 100-meter butterfly. Who knew that such exciting things were to come? Now, despite their physical distance, these moments reach past time and space. When the heart goes out to those suffering and tears erupt at the end of conflict, time stands still, and one date changes life as we know it. So when these moments happen whether for the world or just for yourself. Soak them in and look forward with hope to the new future. Excellent advice from our one of our producers, uh, Catherine. It really is. It's, it's those spaces, those moments when we're all present. And that was something that happened on 9-11 is it seemed like the entire world was present in one space. Just like it is, you know, at the beginning of the race or the beginning of some of these other major events in our life. So appreciate that. We are taking your calls, 801-422-0204. What were the lessons you learned on 9-11? What are you trying to teach your family? What stands out as what we should remember? What sets us apart uh, with this interesting, odd experience of 9-11 that we all went through? You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. How would you go about measuring distant winds over the ocean without going there? This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. A number of offshore wind farm projects to generate electricity are in early planning stages on the Atlantic coast. But knowing the very best places in the ocean to put the giant floating turbines has been a mystery. The winds at low altitude over very large areas of ocean are uncharted, and the potential wind farm sites cover 140,000 acres of ocean surface. How do we locate the most constant wind and get this crucial information to the windmill planners? NASA researchers at Fort Story on the Chesapeake Bay are testing a Doppler LiDAR that can create a 3D scan of the ocean winds out to 8 miles offshore with pinpoint accuracy. LiDAR is a laser-driven version of radar, substituting the laser beam for a radio beam. The laser beam bounces off dust and other particles in the air to remotely measure winds in greater detail than ever before, even in three dimensions. When the wind turbines are built, maps based on Doppler LiDAR data could allow them to be placed in the sweet spot for maximum performance. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. 
to hear unedited and uncut performances of talented musicians from BYU and musicians across the globe that have come to perform in BYU Radio's performance studio live. With musical genres from classical to rock, Highway 89 takes you on a musical adventure Monday through Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We've been talking about the lessons from 9-11, obviously a day early, uh, because we're trying to not just have you go through overwhelm. You know tomorrow you're going to be getting it. What we wanted to do today was be able to take the lessons you learned, the things that mattered most to you, and uh, see how they fit. Um, Again, we'd still love to take your call. We have a few more minutes, 801-422-0204. 801-422-0204 would love to hear your insights, what you're teaching your family, and uh, you know, and just see about the change. Now, you know, when you think about it, we always talk about things are different now. We might be changing, but do things really change that much? Bryce takes a few minutes to give us a look at what things have been like for the past little while. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce's right. We've all said the wrong thing at one time or another. Look, it's okay, it happens. More often than not, we do it because we don't know what to say and can't seem to stop ourselves from talking. And when it comes to days of memorial like September the 11th, for some reason the wrong people feel compelled to say the wrong thing at just the right time. Never mind the fact that silence can be just as compelling as the right words, but just the other day, some guy said something to me. He said, wow, things sure have changed since 9-11. Yeah, it's been over a decade and things are different? No kidding, they should be, right? Yeah, then I started thinking about it. There's good news and bad news on this front. Well, politically speaking, things are a disheartening mess. Infighting, backstabbing, flip-flopping. Yeah, that checks out both before and after 9-11. The good news, though? Yeah, I'll get back to you on that one. What's next? Socially? Well, racism and general prejudicial thoughts, attitudes, feelings, and actions are still around. But the tensions with the Middle East are new, right? Not really. We're essentially riding the same wave of tension from the Crusades. The good news, though, as the world is becoming more and more interconnected, we are discovering that people are people wherever you go. They may look different, speak a little different, and some of their food might taste a little funny to me, but they just want to make it into tomorrow safe and sound just like I do. How about economically? Yeah, this one's a bummer. But all I'm going to say is that compared to the last depression that affected a majority of the world, we're all doing much better this time around. So that's a plus. What about technologically? This one is awesome, and I'll give you an idea of what I mean with this story. In first grade, we were doing some math problems, and I pulled my teacher aside to ask why we were not using a calculator to do this stuff. And her oblivious words will forever ring in my ears. You need to learn this because you won't be able to carry a calculator around in your pocket everywhere that you go. Yeah, the other day I was up on a mountain searching through high-resolution color photos taken by a robot that we have driving over the planet Mars. So I guess what I'm really saying is that it's been a while since 9-11. Some things are better and some things aren't as great as we'd have hoped. But we're still here, aren't we? We certainly could have done worse, am I right? All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. The infamous Bryce Tobin uh, giving us his rant for the day. Appreciate uh, that as well. Now, Again, things do change. In fact, when you think about it, though, think of what uh, 9-11 kind of just holds in your head 
this this uh, sense of relate of emotions and relationships and important family and all these things that kind of stand in your mind. But there have been some other big things that have hit since then. Do you remember in 2002 when the DC sniper was out shooting people? Remember that? Uh, the Afghanistan war started in 2002. The Columbia shuttle disaster in 2003. The tsunami in 2004 killed 230,000 people. In 2005, do you remember Pope John Paul's death? And Hurricane Katrina. Hurricane Katrina killed 1,833 people. 150,000 people may not have moved back to the area. Uh, Do you remember in 2006, Saddam Hussein was captured? Uh, 2007, the Virginia Tech shootings. 2008, the financial crisis and the historic election of Barack Obama. 2009, the miracle on the Hudson. Do you remember that? Uh, 2010, the Chilean miners miracle, if you remember all of that, and the BP oil spill. And then obviously in 2011, killing Osama bin Laden, Occupy Wall Street. All of those bring up memories, but there's something special about 9-11 as far as the lessons go. I guess as we're wrapping up the show, one of the things that that um, most typified 9-11 for me, I happened to do uh, be a, a scout leader for Cub Scouts. Okay, So I have six kids and five of them are boys, so I get the chance to do a lot of scouting stuff. And as um, we put together a flag ceremony where we were going to retire a flag, this was like I think about November in um, 01, and what we were going to do is to retire a flag. Now, when you retire a flag, there's a very strict protocol for how you go about burning and destroying the flag. And um, we got all the protocol, we got all the rules, we did everything we were supposed to do, and you, it's really the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. But this was just right in the shadows of 9-11 in our minds. Um, we had the fire department there, they actually lit a fire, that, and then we go through this protocol where you cut the stars and then you symbolically do certain things and burn the flag in, in memory, in gratitude, um, symbolically for our country, for you know our soldiers that have died and fought for that flag. I will never forget that uh, as the fire department is sitting there and the police department were there, people were there all experiencing this ceremony. I will never forget the profundity of it all, the depth of that event. Now, these were little Cub Scouts, okay? You know, usually they're prone to starting the fires, not effectively having a ceremony like this. But the parents were impacted emotionally. The firefighters were impacted. We felt one. We felt together. And so um, for me, one of the greatest lessons of 9-11 is it took a disaster to bring us together. Um, And apparently it worked. Uh, It didn't work, I guess, forever. But what part of the solution are you? One of my favorite quotes is, that which is most personal is most universal. What did you personally feel on 9-11, and does it still impact your life today? What did you feel about your family, and what are you doing today about it? It's not enough to have an event like that. We have to be fighting for it every day. In fact, we probably need to take Ed's advice, the, uh, the vet from the Korean War from Poughkeepsie, New York, who called earlier, who basically said we just need to pray more, and uh, we could take Augusta's advice that we need to be looking more for peace. Are you a very effective person at living your own values, at uh, just like Ed, at continuing your service and honoring of others, even though you're 80 years old and everything in you says you probably ought to stop it? 
That, to me, is what America is about. We don't give up and we don't uh, give in, but we also need to make sure we're getting smarter, that our kids know of the important lessons of 9-11. So as tomorrow comes on and you're starting to watch all the shows and the memorials and all the services, as you hear it in the news, can I just challenge you as somebody, uh, a relationship expert, can I challenge you to turn to your kids and your grandkids and teach the lessons, the lessons of the people that we need to watch out for? The lessons that it's not just that we're strong and powerful, but sometimes it's the lessons that come when we've been humbled, when we've been on our knees, and uh, we're feeling a little bit closer to our God and to the things that matter most. I'm challenging you to take that to your kids. Let's not let the lessons of 9-11 die in just the lack of celebration or lack of understanding behind it. You carry those on. It's your stories. It's what you hand down to your kids, to your grandkids. It's what when you show what you care about that really, in the end, matters. Um, again, we love having you listening to us. We uh, are starting to take more phone calls now over time. So would you gear up and give us your best ideas? Uh, tomorrow we'll be doing more shows. We're going to be taking more calls as well. And again, on this channel... Sirius XM 143, we are here to help you start to see the best in the world. This is BYU Broadcasting and BYU Radio, and we take that very seriously. Um, There is a great spirit as all of us can kind of share our learnings and do what we can to make it through these events. Um, Again, if you were affected by 9-11 directly, if you were in the line of fire uh, per se, Our prayers are with you. Our thoughts are with you through 9-11. And let's just remember as a country, uh, let's do what we can as a country to to kind of unify and to bring ourselves back. Tons of stuff has gone on as as we went over the list there. Tons of things have kind of passed underneath the bridge. Um, But the lessons, the lessons of this incredible time and the lessons of being um, healthy, happy, and uh, together— shouldn't pass away. So again, thanks for listening to us. If you ever want more information or if you want to talk to us or chat with us directly, you can always just uh, text me or email me, sorry, at mattchat at byu.edu. Or again, we would love nothing more than to have you um, give us a call. And you can always call us anytime you want. We'll try to get you on the air if you call during our show. Again, our number for tomorrow's reference, 801-422-0204. Uh, You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show. We're here every Monday through Friday. We'll be back again tomorrow at 5 o'clock Eastern Time, replayed again at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care, and uh, we hope you have a happy and um, honorable Patriot Day tomorrow. Take care. We'll join you tomorrow right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. Today's Thinking Aloud originally aired earlier this year. The following is a production of BYU Broadcasting in cooperation with the Brigham Young University Division of Continuing Education. Our subject on today's Thinking Aloud is a serious one. There's no way around it.